Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. And we've just had episode number 10, the second last episode of the entire season. Zoe, what did you think? This was a really big episode. There were kind of two builds. There was a lot going on. It was our last elimination for the season. Um, so definitely a lot to discuss today. Yeah, and for once, both builds were quite significant as well. It mm-hmm. wasn't what they've done sometimes in the past, where they had just like a small little build just to warm everyone up. And then a second build, it was like one pretty solid build and then like another e- even more solid build. There was a lot going on. <laughs> so let's talk about the first build, which was essentially if you win the first build, you get an advantage for the second build, which is an elimination. So build one was the smash and grab where Brickman had spent 135 hours and 75,000 pieces building this Harley motorbike and then Hamish smashed it and everyone could build whatever they want only using the pieces from the smashed motorbike. Do you think that the whole smash thing was real and that the contestants were surprised or do you think they were... Like, oh, no, what an accident and we didn't realise. Like, what do you think? Well, they seemed genuinely shocked, but I feel like if I was on that show and Hamish does something like that, to me, I'm like, okay, what's the twist? Like, nothing's ever just a random accident with Hamish. He's always got, like, a little, little agenda to his pranks. Yeah, it's sort of hard to put ourselves in those shoes. I liked it, though. <laughs> they did often state how it was going to be a really big advantage as well. Like in the previous episode that were like this, they would say, oh, you'll get an advantage. Mm-hmm. But in this one, they kept saying, oh, you'll get a big advantage. And so the whole time I was wondering, I was like, is it going to be secretly immunity or something that big? Like, what could it possibly be? Oh. Spoiler alert, it wasn't immunity. But. <laughs> I thought it was maybe going to be like a really big time advantage. Like previously, the advantage that Jane Starney got was like an hour. And I was like, maybe they'll give them like five hours or something insane. But they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) One tactic that I liked with everyone grabbing the pieces, it was obviously chaotic. I thought it was smart to grab the bigger chunks. And Jackson and Alex kind of went for like the wheels straight away, which I thought was a good tactic. I also really loved the whole brick bartering thing throughout this challenge. It was literally like playing Lego with your siblings and like fighting over the pieces. And there was a lot of nice teamwork going on as well with people saying, mm. oh, do you have this brick? Do you have this brick? I'll, I'll swap you there. Or just like giving up bricks voluntarily. I thought it was really nice. <laughs> Let's start with Jackson and Alex. Jackson and Alex, the loose boys from Perth. They did like a retro video game that was like a side-on view and you were kind of like 
was as if you were like scrolling across the game. I thought this was great. Big fan. I think it was probably my favorite. Surprise, surprise. I like Jackson <laughs> and Alex is the best. That's never happened before. <laughs> no, I, I thought the idea was really inventive. It was totally unique to anything we'd seen in the series so far, like recreating a, a 2D old school video game. Um, the fact that they built like a little controller as well, so you could pretend you were playing, I thought was like a fun little addition as well. Yeah, I definitely think the controller and having like those little hearts on the side to be like the lives that definitely made it a lot more obvious what it was I love that they had like the character kind of mid-air it was like jumping over I don't know like a valley thing (laughs) I don't know what it was doing (laughs) I loved it it was so creative and I actually think that they deserve to be in the top two spoiler alert they were not top two (laughs) yeah I was I was really surprised when they weren't and the top two ended up being Trent and Josh and Andrew and Damien. And I did think Andrew and Damien's build was impressive, but I was surprised that they were also in the top two. Yeah, let's just jump straight into them. So Andrew and Damien did like the Mayan temple um, with like a minotaur thing on top. <laughs> I don't really know how to explain it. To me, it was very similar to some of the other builds that they've done, like this kind of tower temple with like a fantasy element seems to be like right up their alley. They seem to be quite comfortable building in that realm. Yeah, it does hark back to the first episode where they built a civilization with relics, you know, worshipping <laughs> a fantasy entity. But I also felt that it was just maybe a little bit simple, like the scale was mm-hmm. the biggest out of, I think, any of the teams but it was kind of, you know, four grey walls with some minifigs on it. And, like, not to disparage the build, like, I do think it was a cool build, but compared to what some of the other teams had done, like Jackson and Alex and Trent and Josh, it it did seem like scale was sort of the main thing they were going for, and I didn't really think that was necessarily part of the brief. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's go to Tim and Danny. Uh, They built the phoenix that was kind of, like, coming out of a, I think they said it was like a volcano mountain thing that was kind of like in the clouds. I didn't mind the Phoenix. It was interesting. Halfway through Brickman came over and said, hey, if I were you, I would build that Phoenix way bigger. And then so they were kind of like, oh no. And they sort of had to demolish part of the Phoenix and and start it again. And so it ended up having quite a good sense of scale to it. Even though I just complained about that a second ago, ignore me. But (laughs) I thought it looked really cool. I also really liked that they fit the color scheme of the bike so that it was originally very heavy with reds and yellows and that sort of thing. so with the phoenix and with fire and with the volcano, they had a lot of pieces of those colors to choose from, which I thought was a smart idea. Yeah, what they did well over some of the other teams was they looked at the bricks that they had first and then came up with an idea out of it, whereas some of the other teams kind of came up with their idea first and then tried to find the bricks to match. I really loved the banana feet, like how <laughs> Danny used little banana pieces as the feet. Tim like shut it down immediately. I was like, no, this is a great idea. Yeah, Danny has some of the most creative ideas on the show, I think. Yeah. I did struggle a little bit at first to kind of tell what it was though because there was so much just like yellow and red. Like I think if they'd had the full brick pit and were able to like use more gradient and stuff, it would have really like stepped it up a lot. Yeah, that's true. And it is a tough one. And again, harking back to Andrew and Damien with the, you know, big masses of grey, like obviously that's all they had to work with. And so that maybe explains why it wasn't as dynamic as some of the stuff they'd built in the past was. But I guess that's just the limitation of the challenge. Mm. And finally, Trent and Josh did the egg thief. This was so funny. Um, And it was a man dressed up as a chicken trying to steal some eggs. (laughs) Yeah, I thought this build was very funny and 
it sort of all hinged on the face of the man in the chicken suit and whether or not they could find enough bricks of sort of face shape and colour mm-hmm. to be able to pull it off. And Brickman was very sceptical that they'd be able to, but then they were able to and uh, he ended up awarding them the win. And I think it was probably mostly because of that face. Yeah, definitely. Um, though we said last episode that a couple builds in a row, we've seen Trent and Josh do these big characters because they're obviously very good at it and want to play to their strengths. So I was like a tiny bit disappointed that they did another big character because I want to see something else from them. But obviously it would be dumb to not play to your strengths. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being picky. (laughs) No, I guess I see what you're saying, but I also feel like Trent and Josh have really come into their own the sort of second half of this season. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't get as much screen time, but we also didn't necessarily see anything particularly stand out in the first couple of episodes. But when they started focusing on these big characters, I feel like now every time they build something more and more, they're knocking it out of the park. And so maybe it is a good idea that they just focus on big characters and we'll have to see what they do in the finale to see if it's just a really, really big character <laughs> or if it's going to be something else. Yeah, absolutely. One question I did want to ask about their build in the middle, they kind of had what looked like a barn, but the character was way bigger than the barn. So was that meant to be like a little chicken barn? No, it's like a hen house. <laughs> Is that what it was? Like a chicken coop. It just looked like a like a farm barn to me. If you, I reckon if you go and Google image like hen house or chicken coop, it'll look... It'll look like that? Exactly like what they built, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll give it to them. <laughs> so like you said, Trent and Josh won the advantage, which for build two, let them pick what area everyone got to build. So build two was like a city kind of similar to the first episode where they all kind of got a section of it and it can sit together. And they had to build for the daytime and then the nighttime. So essentially kind of two stories in one. And Trent and Josh got to first pick which block they wanted to build on and then they got to allocate everyone else's. Yeah, so each of the block was themed a different city theme. So one was a residential block, one was a commercial block, one was an industrial block and the other was like a shared space. And so they chose the residential one for themselves and they tried to divvy up the others in a way that they thought each of the other teams would be the least happy with. So they gave... Tim and Danny, the industrial block, they gave Andrew and Damien the shared space block, which they were not happy about. Very funny. Mm-hmm. And Jackson and Alex got the commercial block. Yeah. This like was a big advantage, but also kind of a disadvantage because, I don't know, Trent and Josh really struggled at the start and were almost like, oh, did we pick the wrong one? Like maybe we should have picked another one. So it's definitely a hard one. Yeah, I feel like a bigger advantage would have just been an extra hour or two of building. But this was a lot more fun and I did appreciate that it wasn't just an hour of building. Yes. So let's just jump into Trent and Josh. Like you said, they had residential. They were really struggling at the start because Trent was more wanting to just like get structures up and then figure out the story after. And Josh was a bit like, "Uh, I don't know about this. Thankfully, only three hours in, Brickman came over and put them in line and they really turned it around. And they ended up doing this haunted house that was for sale. So during the day, it just looks like two apartment blocks. And then at night, you see that the, both apartments are kind of infiltrated with all these monsters and ghosts and it's haunted and they obviously want to sell because they don't want to live in a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, I thought the idea was really fun once they sort of 
figured out what they wanted to build and it's totally tough to think of an interesting way to add like a story to a residential thing. So I thought the haunted house idea was really fun in that regard. Unfortunately, they did have some struggles with some of the mechanics of the build. They tried to have this demon that appeared at night and didn't appear during the day. And I think it's just one of those things where you're trying to troubleshoot it and you don't know why it's not working and you've got so many things to worry about and you're running out of time and eventually they sort of had to abandon it. And I just feel very sympathetic because I can totally imagine if I was in that situation not dealing well with the stress and just being disappointed with the end result. Yeah, I think maybe if it had a bit more time or just been able to like look at it with a bit of a clearer head, maybe they could have put it inside somewhere or just like taken it off altogether because it did kind of end up ruining the effect of the day because this demon was obviously like out during the day when it wasn't meant to be. But in the heat of things, I think they were just like, let's just try get as much as we can together. The nighttime looked sick. I loved when the lights came on inside the room and they had the ghosts floating around. Like that was really cool. Yeah, it definitely looked great at nighttime. It was, it was really just that the demon in the daytime as well. Like the aesthetic of the build overall was pretty cool in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Like the buildings looked fun and all that jazz. <laughs> it was just really just that poor demon. Yeah. Let's go to Jackson and Alex. They had the commercial block. And they built the evil mega corporation. Really fun <laughs> idea. Again, as soon as they said the idea, I was like, yeah, that's probably my favorite idea. Like, I love the idea of this big, black, scary, evil looking building. I really liked the idea and where they were going with it. But when they actually showcased it at the end, I found that their story was kind of the same at night as it was during the day. It was just that the lights kind of emphasized what was happening. Whereas some of the other builds, it was like something completely different was happening at night, which kind of blew me away a little bit more. So I don't know. I think I would have loved if they could somehow have not shown as much during the day so that it came out at night. But I don't know how they would have done that. See, I kind of liked that just because every other build did the same thing of like, "Mm, it looks fine during the day, but at night it's not fine. Like they all did the exact same thing. Yeah, And so the fact they kind of like had a story that just revealed more, but about the same story at nighttime I liked. And I also thought with the Hansel and Gretel build in the third episode, the fairy tales episode, Mm -hmm. they'd kind of already done the whole inversion thing. Like it was like a lovely house on the outside. And then when you look inside the house, it's scary and evil. Yeah. And so I kind of liked that they did something different. But also this leads me to another point I had about the episode. At one point they said they had eight Lego lights to work with. So at nighttime they would have eight different points of light to do stuff. And it looked like they had some motors and stuff as well that they weren't too specific about. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was way too little, Yeah. especially for a build as big as Jackson and Alex and also Andrew and Damien's build, I think, suffered with the small amount of lights. Like eight isn't very many, especially when you compare it to the rest of the city that they all sort of joined onto at the end, which had like lights everywhere. It was made of lights. And so I think because they went for this big building, which looked great during the day, at night they had to be very specific with the areas that they lit up in which they changed. And so I think that kind of limited them a bit. Yeah, I totally agree. When they said that each team was getting eight lights, I was like, mm, that doesn't seem like that many. And you could definitely tell in Jackson Alex's that they really only had like specific points they could put it because they just like couldn't waste any of them. The show must have spent all their money on the water tanks last episode. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though, I love Jackson Alex's helicopter. That looked cool, how they kind of had it on that like one beam so it was actually wobbling. It, like, Yeah, yeah. Loved that. I also really appreciated when Brookman was giving feedback, the only really negative thing he said was that one of the doors was the wrong colour. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty good if he's not really saying anything else bad about it. Yeah, true. <laughs> 
Let's jump to Andrew and Damien. They have the shared space, so kind of like a public park type vibe, and they really hated that at the start. Yeah, it seemed like they would have rather have had any of the other areas, not a shared space. But I think that's because initially they were just thinking park, parkland, green space, and they Mm. weren't interested in that. And then eventually they had the idea to do an art gallery, which at nighttime is being heisted. And that's a cool idea and I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I really love their idea. This whole like first half of their build really reminded me of when they got glitter in the explosion build and they were like <laughs> grudgingly making the fairy castle. Loved their idea. I thought it was really smart. Yeah, I just thought they nailed it. I think they also did a really good job of listening to Brickman when he came over and he was like, yo, you've got to have a dome on your gallery. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, we better build a dome. Smart choice, boys. Good idea. <laughs> it's kind of a classic example of what Jane Starney was saying to us in our interview with them the other week about having to balance just building what you want to build and then building to impress Brickman and taking on his advice. And that interview is full of a lot of really interesting insights into the show. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, you should go back and take a listen. Finally, Tim and Danny had the industrial block and they built kind of like a normal warehouse during the day and then at night it was like a UFO holding place and Ideally, a UFO would have kind of burst through the roof, but it didn't. So they had a really unique idea where when their power was switched on, the UFO would rise up through the building and it would sort of demolish parts of the building along the way, Mm -hmm. which was really cool and totally different to any of the other teams. But it meant that they couldn't really test it because... It was a one-time thing, like once it was destroyed, they'd have to sort of take it apart and rebuild it. Mm. And unfortunately, the fact that they couldn't test it didn't really work out because it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so sad. It's hard because they really wanted to do something impressive and big and like Brickman kind of came up to them and was like, you need to take this idea and make it bigger. Uh, And they listened to that. But then they also kind of ended up putting all their eggs in one basket and the whole build kind of relied on this ufo coming through and it was harder to see the other details like the alien fight was kind of hidden behind a truck and yeah i feel for them i also laughed a lot when Brickman was like losing it when they were like we can't test it and he like (laughs) i was like get the ambulance he's going into cardiac arrest like (laughs) he was like you what you have to test it yeah it was wild yeah and unfortunately they were eliminated which is always sad to see. Uh, question for you. If they had announced a winner of this build, who do you think it would have been or should have been? <laughs> I think it could have been either Jackson and Alex or Andrew and Damien. Mm-hmm. It would be a little bit hard to tell without having seen them in person, obviously, to see you know how many details there were there that we couldn't see on camera and how they looked in person, the sort of sense of scale you got from them. But I think they both did a great job. Like the art gallery was a really cool idea and a heist is just, I love heists. Like that's so classic. I thought that was great. And a really good twist on the idea of shared space that wasn't just like a nice park with a big tree or something like that. Yeah. But then I also think the evil mega corp is like kind of funny in a Lego way as well, like the heist is and, and having, you know, an explosion in the middle of the building, which we didn't mention, like part of the building was blown out, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I love that as well. So I think either of those as the winner I would have been happy about. How about you? I think I would have really loved if Trent and Josh won, but I just don't think they could have with that demon being on top during the day. Um, I think overall I probably, if I was Brickman and I could pick, (laughs) I would have given it to Andrew and Damien because, yeah, I think their overall build was kind of the most like complete and 
worked well together. Yeah, I think that's fair. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. So we're coming up to the final episode of the season, the grand final, and the preview looks like everything is just massive. There's Trent and Josh saying that they're going to build something bigger than ever. It just looks like huge scale everywhere. I'm really excited. From memory, the finale of the first season was just kind of like build a thing, Mm -hmm. good luck. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see if it's the same brief this week, if it's more specific. There was one that looked like some sort of pirate something. Yeah. And then there was one that looked like it was a stadium of some description. And I, I couldn't quite tell what the third one was. So it could just be like big environments you know, you have 20 hours, good luck sort of thing. Yeah, I think it kind of makes sense to have the grand final as a bit of a broader brief. So it's just like build something massive um, so that everyone can kind of play to their strengths. Whereas if you have a more niche brief, there's usually one or two teams who have a bit of an advantage over the others. So I'm excited to see what happens. Question. Yes. Do you think we're going to get Fenella from Denmark back? Oh, my God. I forgot about her. I hope so. She was awesome. I know. She was so great. And she was sort of the representation of a second judge that we've been talking about. Because poor Brickman, the stress of being the only judge at this point, 11 episodes in, must have gotten to him. So maybe she'll be back if we're lucky. Surely. I feel like for the grand final, they have to have two judges. Or maybe they've been listening to our hashtag Annie for season three and Annie's (laughs) a second judge. Maybe a bit biased, though, because (laughs) she knows everyone. But I feel like she actually loves everyone. That's true. So she, I feel like she would be unbiased. Last season they had the models voted on by the other contestants and some of the general public, didn't they? Didn't they have like a little exhibition? Yeah, I, I think the voting was split into half and half of it was weighed up by the public and previous contestants and then half was like Brickman and Fenella's points, I think. Which of the teams do you think is the most likely to build a model that the general public will appreciate the most because obviously Brickman and Fenella, if she's there, would be able to see all the sort of technical Lego things, which I feel like is an Andrew and Damien specialty. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if the sense of humor that Jackson and Alex and Trent and Josh sometimes have would be something that plays a bit better, maybe with the general public. Yeah, it's so hard to judge because these three teams are genuinely very talented and very close, I feel, in skill. Um, Andrew and Damien always put a lot of emphasis on their aesthetic which I think is a good thing but then Jackson and Alex always have like really random creative ideas that said it's scale and Trent and Josh's specialty is big characters so I actually really don't know I think my picks would be I think it could be anyone but I think either it'll be Jackson and Alex with a hilarious creative idea mm-hmm. or Trent and Josh will sort of underdog it a little bit yeah. and yeah, have a big character that's just executed really, really well. Andrew and Damien are so reliable and so consistent, but I'm wondering if they'll get lost in technicalities that maybe the 50% that's the general public who are voting yeah. won't realise as much potentially. That would be my speculation. Yeah, I think that's good speculation. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Unfortunately, we are getting close to the end of the TV show, but that doesn't mean that there's not cool episodes to listen to. We've already done a bunch of interviews, listened to our interviews with Jane Starney, Summer and Iona, Annie, and we just did an interview with Jen and Jody that's gone up a couple of days ago, so take a listen to that. If you have any thoughts or feelings or questions for contestants that we haven't interviewed yet that we hopefully will get to, feel free to hit us up on Instagram. I'm at Zoe Peck underscore. And my Instagram is at Parente Swag King. 
Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.